Buckle up. Welcome to Musicians and Beyond, where we bring in the backstage info on the life, lyrics, and long journeys of the music industry. You have John Sarabian and Mark Lahorn as your host today, and we want to welcome everyone and thank you for tuning in and listening. Mark, what's going on with you? Just another wonderful week here in Pleasure Town. How about yourself? Mark, not really much to report. I mean, we've been busy with all of our podcasts, and we have had some fantastic guests. You, you know, I want to talk about our, our, our last guest, Matthew O'Quinn. He might not be well-known, but it's one of the best stories that I've ever heard in my life. It's a really, really great story. And when you listen to his music, the songs that he's written, you can tell the influences that, that he's had. And he talks about them openly, and he, he's great. He puts them right out there. And it is definitely, they are there, and, and they reflect in his songs. And it's pretty pretty cool how he does it. Yeah, he's a nice guy, too. Really nice guy. Yeah. One day we'll get up in the sky and uh, let him pilot us around. Yeah, yeah. Since, uh, let's put that on the agenda. I'm in. All right. So um, today we have a, a girl calling in North Carolina. North Carolina. And she's got some incredible music out there. Yes, she does. And uh, she's going back and forth from North Carolina to Nashville and ripping up Broadway down there. That's a, you know... Uh, it's a little bit different, North Carolina and Tennessee, you know, uh, but um, Nashville, as you know, it's one of my favorite little towns in America. I love it there, and uh, I can see why she's running back and forth, but we also know that she's got a little bit of a music background, so she belongs there. Absolutely. Let's hear what Jennifer Alvarado has to say. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. It's great to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. It's great to have you. And how are things with you? Good, good. Yeah. It's been busy, um, kind of settling after the holiday. So I've had like a week or so to kind of unwind before I start back. Yeah, your schedule looks pretty packed. It is, it is, but I like it that way. I get worried when it stops, you know, <laughs> having like everything piled on itself. So, yeah. Right. Busy, busy is good, right? Oh, yeah. Busy's great. Good. And it wants to be going all the time. So that's a good thing. And it shows in your music. So you go back and forth from North Carolina to Nashville. And um, some of our listeners might not know why you do something like that. So my biggest reason is I play a lot of rounds up there. I also play shows up there. And um, I have not decided to move fully yet. Um, you know, my family's here. My husband and I are settled here. Like, we have our home and all of that. And so... For me, it was one of those things like kind of get acclimated to the process, get acclimated to the area, begin to network, that kind of thing, before we just pick up our entire existence and move up there. Um, we have talked and are talking about moving up there because, I mean, I'm sure you can imagine after a while of going back and forth, it gets a little hectic and tiring and you lose a lot of time on the road. But um it's it's been a really fun and great process because it allows you to meet people while still being able to kind of escape the crazy of of Nashville and Broadway and be able to come back and you know we we're surrounded by cows in Vale North Carolina <laughs> so it's a little different. Now, were you born and raised in around the North Carolina area where you are now? Yes. So okay. I was raised about 30 minutes from here and then when my husband and I got married we moved to Vale to be closer um just to this area there we wanted land basically if we wanted more land so um because i'd grown up in hickory right in the midst of a like small town but still town and um 
I had a condo and all of that, and he was not having that whatsoever. He was like, <laughs> no, we got to get out of here. So Excellent. Is your husband a musician as well? No. No? He he likes to say that he can power the radio and that, <laughs> okay. that's his musical um, instrument. A man so. of my own heart. That's about all I can do, too. Now, listen, when you're ready to make that move down there, we have a friend from Nashville. Um, he's a realtor, singer, songwriter, uh, plays in the duo Batson and Ains. Eric is the oh. guy you want to talk to when you get out there. Okay. Okay. Thank Sounds you. Good. So when you get out in Nashville and you're on Broadway, there's mm-hmm. a bar or restaurant every two feet in They're two, three, four stories high. And there's a band or a musician playing on every single level all day long. It's unbelievable. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's awesome. Like, I remember, because I've been going to Nashville since I was about 11 years old. And, um, you know, back when you're 11 and you see people playing out on the street, you're like, oh, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like, because it used to have the Shoney's restaurant. And I remember I yeah. used to go up there and Shoney's was there. And I was like, I'm going to play at Shoney's like, <laughs> right here on the corner. Yeah. And um, then they got rid of it. So anyway. So you're not yeah. going to play at Shoney's then, I guess. Oh, I'm not playing but, Shoney's. But you can not play, unless it comes back. But you can play at all the other places. What would be your favorite place to play? Hmm. Um, I love playing the rounds because you really you see people's hearts with their songs. Like it's, it's so just raw and um, I I don't know. So rounds are probably my favorite thing to play in general, but one of my favorite rounds is at big Jimmy's and it's called sipping and picking. Um, It's on Tuesdays and it's just, it's very laid back. Um, I don't know. That's probably one of my favorites. And then also like when I played there probably two months ago or so, um it had been storming and i don't know if if boston's like this at all but tennessee or nashville and la i know is anytime it rains everybody freaks out and it's like we can't leave the house or something which is weird for me because i'm like hey this is great nobody's on the road but um (laughs) but like the wind was coming down and and it was right there on second avenue of like at broadway and um it was just so like nostalgic looking out there at that. And um, so I think that that's probably one of my favorite places just because it was quiet and it was like, granted it was cause it was raining, but I don't know. And is there a place that you haven't played in Nashville that you want to play? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I think everybody says the Ryman um, and that is one like that. That's, that would be a dream come true. But I think for me, the Bluebird Cafe, um, I've played listening room and I love listening room. Um, I love the audience that comes with listening room because they're there to hear the songs. Um, There's just something about Bluebird Cafe. I mean, I remember going there when I was 11 or 12 years old and just, I fell in love with that place. And so that that's definitely on my bucket list. Well, we all know the story of the Bluebird and how Goth Brooks was supposedly found there. Right. But you know, it it had a big part in his career. He showed up there the other night. They were doing a fundraiser for a thing, and and out of the blue, who walks up, or into the blue, I should say, who yeah, who steps in and does a show with everyone. How cool is that that you can have that happen anywhere in Nashville? Someone like that might step up. Yeah, and I think that that's both the it's an amazing thing, but it's an intimidating thing too. Sure. Like the very first round I played, um, somebody who wrote one of my favorite songs got up at one of the rounds before me and was singing and. They announced that, you know, they had written this song and I was like, 
oh, I'm so out of my element. Like, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> so it's one of those learning things of just like, no, you've got to get past that. And what what was that song? Uh, More Hearts Than Mine. Ingrid Andrus sang it. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're fortunate. We've been down to the Bluebird a few times. Uh, Eric Haynes, who I've mentioned, and, and our friend Jeff Batson happen to uh, host rounds there uh, at least once a year. One of them gets to do that. And so they, they, twice a year, they're there. This young man right here has been able to stand on that stage and do the spoken word during a song that they wrote, uh, a tribute song that Jeff Batson wrote to firefighters. And uh, That's awesome. Captain Sarabian here stood up on stage mm-hmm. and he does the, the, the firefighters creed or the prayer and um, during the song. So it's pretty cool to be in the room when you have someone you know doing it. Yeah. And, and, and you, you, yeah. you understand the song. And the, but you're right. In those rounds and in those environments, whether it's the Bluebird, Third and Lindsay, Listening Room, wherever you are, it is so cool to watch those people lay their hearts out on their sleeves and tell you the inspirations behind the songs, the rationale behind them, and how they got there. You know, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have we have a blast every time we go down there. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it, it, you know, when John said that, you know, there's a restaurant every two feet. I thought to myself, well, thank God because some people can't walk that far. Put them bump. Oh God! So um, when when you are playing out in a boat. Do you do a lot of covers or do you write a lot of your, your own music? I would say it's probably about 50, 50. Um, the big thing around here is like, people want to know the music. So, you know, I kind of, I throw the covers in to kind of keep them engaged and, and see what's going on. And then, you know, I'll slip my original in. And then and a lot of times they'll be like, Hey, so who's that by? And I'm like me. So, you know, it's proven to be a, a good plug. Now, if I'm doing a show where they specifically ask for like my music, then I'll throw a couple covers in. But yeah, typically like it's it's probably about 50-50 with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite song that you've written so far? Oh, goodness. That's a hard question. Um, I think the one that I'm most proud of is a song called Paris. Um, because when I was writing it, I had this specific idea in my head of how I wanted it to, what I wanted it to say, how I wanted it to turn out. And, um, and it did. So I, I think that that is probably one of the ones that I'm most proud of. And I think also probably, I'm going to say Filthy Water, just because that song is about a very raw situation in my life that I didn't know how to express. And so once I kind of expressed it and got it out, it was like, okay, I can, I can move past this. Not, and that's really what music is for me. It's that, it's that therapy and that processing that, that I need as an introvert to kind of move on and, and, you know, change my focus. So I, I think those, because especially filthy water, just because it was a very touchy situation and um, you know, it, it helped me. And, and I know that, other people can relate to it. So, well, I don't know if you know, but Boston's known for having a couple of songs up here. You know, um, yeah. Dirty Water TV is a friend of ours TV show, and it's a local uh, show up here. But there's a few th- songs about the dirty water around Boston. <laughs> Rock and roll has its history with it. Uh, so when I was listening to Filthy Waters, I was thinking about that and, and thinking about how okay. the, the names are similar to some of the songs up here. And Dirty Water, we had dirty water. another friend who had done a song. Um, he's a Nashville kid now. But he also uh, is from here, and he has a Dirty Water song that he did for um, Marsh and Milko. Yeah. And, uh, Michael Pace. Michael Pace, yeah. So uh, it's it's funny to hear that that that, that title's very similar. And, and, and um, I'm going to have to listen to the song in a different light now that I know that it had something and, and listen to the words a little more closely and see how, yeah. it, how what, what, what you were singing about. 
Yeah, it's so I mean, I'll tell you, it was actually it's about church hurt. It's about getting really hurt um, by the church. And, uh, you know, that was that was sort of my path. Like I was doing worship ministry and all of that. And um, a lot of things happened. It's it's interesting now that you hear that and you hear the title and then you've kind of put it together and it's wow. Yeah. Well, and I was I was actually basing it around the phrase of like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And, um, you know, meaning don't throw the good things out too. And it was like, no, sometimes you just got to throw it all out. Like sometimes it's just, it's done. Um, so yeah, that, that's what it's about. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. It's deep. Yes, it is. (laughs) Um, most of your songs are either Christian based or about real experiences. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I tend to, so some of my songs are actually about like leaving jobs or something like that, but I try to base them on relationships because a job is a relationship in itself. Um, so the song, I don't want you back is actually sort of my song of, um, just telling a job, like, no, I'm not ever coming back to this. Um, but yeah, so a lot of my songs, I write them, I guess, in the guise of like this horrible, relationship because people relate to that but um yeah i try to change names and subjects you know i guess to protect people in some way so i don't throw it all out there for the world (laughs) just about (laughs) yeah just about but you know so we're (laughs) we're around you do you like to play in your area around vale are there areas uh, bars and restaurants that you like to be a part of down there yeah, so as far as Vail, um, we have one blinking stoplight, so we really don't have anyone. Um, but uh, Lincolnton is right near us, so I play Lincolnton quite often, Forest City, Hickory, um, that area. One of my favorite places, there's a there's a bar in Forest City called the Hoot Nanny. Um, great southern name. And... Um, it, you know, it's just my my neighbors across the street actually own it. And um, the, it's one of my favorite places. Like the crowd's always great up there. And I don't know they're just they're very helpful um, and want to help support me. So I think anywhere like that where you can kind of bring local music into a local restaurant and all of that and have this community feel, that's that's awesome. And there needs to be more of that. Now, in, is there music in your family? How did you get into this? Yeah, so um, my papa, uh, he... You are a Southern girl through and through, aren't you? <laughs> I am, I am. Yes, that, there is no denying. Yes, my papa, um, he played banjo, mandolin, guitar. And um, he actually played for a Sunday morning radio show um, before I was born. And so I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. Um, I was the youngest grandchild, and so I was constantly at both sets of grandparents' house. Um and um, but my papa and my nanny Duncan were both very into music, especially country music, and that's sort of where that began. Um, he taught me my first guitar chords and mandolin until I broke it, and um, <laughs> all of that. And then um, church became sort of that prevalent thing of getting involved with church choir and um, ensembles there, and grew up in school choir too, and so that was really what I was focused on was, was music inside the church. And I was really doing it more of like 
a hobby and pastime. Like I would go home and write, but all of that was sort of just on the back burner um, because I was thinking about law school and I was paralegal and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and then life kind of happened and I realized like, I'm not happy doing this. Like I need to try this music thing. And so I went full time into church ministry for a while. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, and there I was thinking you would, you were going to try the full-time thing of just getting out of there and, and just doing music. And I did. Um, yeah, it basically was that transition. But I think that, honestly, I think that the ministry with the church sort of gave me that. Um, I, I'm a very realistic person. Um, my parents are very, like, realistic. And so I was never, like, music was not that thing that they were like, go do that. Like they were more like, you can do that once you do this over here. <laughs> um, and so I, I think I had to get past that. And so for, for me, the ministry with the church was sort of like, okay, this is that stepping stone to show like you can do music full time and it's still safe. Um, and then I realized like, no, like if you're going to do something, you got to do it. Um, you can't have your foot over here and here and here. So now, obviously when you got to the, the writing of filthy water, um, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if during during your writing and, and you're sitting in your room writing songs and you, you're still a big member of the church, do you ever find those contradictions happening and find yourself struggling with what you want to write and what you want to sing is, is, is somewhat different than what you're experiencing at church? And Not totally. I will say that when you're in when you're in the position, because I'm still a worship pastor, actually. I'm okay. a worship pastor for, for a local church. There are certain songs that I want, that I would stay away from, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like there's just certain, certain things that I won't necessarily sing about. And it, it's not even because like, it, it just doesn't apply to me. I think is more so what it is. Yeah. Um, but I, I try to not use some language or something like that, that I may really want to say. But, well, it's um, funny. I, I guess I should rephrase or rethink the way I think about it. Right. Cause I think uh, the, the divide is that, that, okay, the church is here and you're conflicted and you want to go this way. We're in, you're conflicted because there's outside influences want to take you here, but you want to stay here. And um, it, yeah, I, I like that. I, I can I, appreciate that. And I, I should I look at it more. I think for me, my faith standpoint. is the number one thing. But I, I, but I also will say with that question. So for me, because my first album was actually contemporary Christian and it came out in 2015 and I struggled to try to promote it whatsoever because I felt very, very guilty because I was like, I didn't want anybody seeing me use that platform for personal. And so I was just like, yeah, I have this album. Like, if you want to listen to it here. <laughs> so I tried to keep them very separate. Um, and as a musician, like that's very hard to do because especially when you're writing your music, like, that's part of you. And so it was just, that was very conflictual for me because it was like, I want to pursue this, but I don't want them to think that I'm pursuing this through this avenue, mm -hmm. if that makes any amount of sense. It does. Right. But that was basically your therapy, getting it out in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Good. And you, you said you have had one album out and how many do you have out total now? So I had the one in 2015, Hello Life. Um, that's contemporary Christian. Yep. And then I released several singles during 2020 that are more country pop, um, released a EP. Well, actually, I guess it'd be an album because it's eight songs. 
2021 called Playing With Fire, It's Country. And then Songbird Part One came out last July. Um, and that is more country pop. And I'm working on Songbird Part Two now. Um, and so that's an EP of two parts that really make this one long story, um, if you will. And um, I'm getting ready to start working on a Christmas album. I already started it, but I got to finish it. And um, working on another project too. That's fantastic. How do people listen to your music? Yeah, um, I would say the easiest way is to go on jenniferalvarado.com. Um, there I have links to everything, Spotify, all the other digital streaming services are there. Um, or you can follow me on Instagram, Jennifer Alvarado Music. Uh, Facebook is Jennifer Alvarado Music if you search it or Jim Music 12. Um, and TikTok, though, I will tell you I'm never on there. Um, <laughs> it's Jennifer Alvarado Music. It's just a lot of work. TikTok is a lot of work, isn't it? It is, and I, I just don't feel like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think a lot of us feel that way. One of your songs had close to a half a million streams. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Thank you. I mean, someone listened to your music a half a million times. That's pretty darn cool. You like to think a half a million people. Not just one person listening. Yeah, it wasn't one person. Yeah, sitting there rather listening. it not just be one person. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, that that's really an amazing milestone that you hit. Yeah, I, I'm very, I'm very grateful. And that that's the biggest thing I can say. Um, I think for me, music has always been, like I said, my therapy. And I remember growing up being that, you know, I'm an only child. And so I was that like weird, lonely child <laughs> that, um, I related to people through their music and through their words. And so anytime that somebody else can relate to that, that that's huge. Like that, that makes everything worth it. Now, Jennifer, when you, when you meet, reach a milestone like that, half a million people, it's validating and that's going to feel good. But did you also see yourself as that happened and, and the popularity of the song came out, was there bookings that came along with it? Was there more notoriety with, you know, were you out there getting on the road a little bit more because of that? Um, I think it definitely helps um, because you have, you have some sort of statistic number, you know, whatever to, to show like, Hey, I'm not just sitting here in my bedroom releasing <laughs> you know, demos that the dog's listening to, like, you know, I, I, so yes, I think it does help. And I think beyond that, it gives you an idea of where it's working and where it's not like population wise. And so because of that, like, because I saw where things were working, like I'm doing Texas and in, in March, I'm going down there and doing a few shows. And then I will be in California in May for about a week and a half doing some shows. So it's definitely opened those doors. And, and I love that because there's places that I don't know otherwise I would play um, if, if it wasn't for that. So the numbers somewhat drive you to where, where you want to go. If you have a 200,000 people listening to the song down in Texas, you go to Texas to play, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, I look, I look to see, like, what are my most popular cities, mm -hmm. that kind of thing, and then Excellent. kind of base it around there. Now, granted, I'm going to South by Southwest, too, for Texas, <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but it helped that Austin was one of my, like, top cities. So. Sure. Yeah. How could it not be? And what was the name of that song? Uh, which one? You're a half million. Um, I think feel 
think water is actually the one that has the highest. Well, you know what? We are going to play Filthy Waters for our listeners. Talk to me, light a match and watch it burn Soon the table's gonna turn You think you are the man Talking with your dirty hands But come home and make it right The things you took away in spite What are you writing right now? What 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 are your inspirations behind the songs you're put getting ready to put out there? Hmm. Um, there's a song that I'm working on. It's called Trigger Warning, and um, essentially, it's just about when you have somebody in your life that 
just kind of brings up all the bad things of the past and and you know that you sort of got to get away from that person but at the same time like you're in that relationship um and so really the second part of songbird focuses on realizing because part one was more about like this this toxic relationship you're coming out of it you're left with all these questions um and part two is sort of rebuilding after that and realizing like it's not it wasn't all you it's not all about you it's it's this other situation too um and sort of just regaining your voice in all of it um and so that's really what i'm working on right now um are songs that kind of fit into that category so songbird is the double part it's actually a story from start to finish Yes. 15, 16 songs all fit in. I think it ends up being 13. 13 total. songs. And mm-hmm. the whole, both of those together tell a story. Yes. So do the songs go in order for a particular reason? And, and so if that's the case, tell me about by this time next year, where'd you come up with that title and what's it about? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it basically, I wrote that at the end of 2020. So um, as we all know, 2020 was a lovely year. And uh, <laughs> I wrote it on New Year's Eve of, of 2020. And all this stuff had happened where I was coming out of like all this turmoil for the past two years or so of my life. Um, and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I had really lost myself and like, I honestly had contemplated just completely giving up music totally and not pursuing it at all anymore. And um, I wrote that song about all of that, like in a year, it wouldn't matter. Like I would be in a completely different place. I would grow from it. I would move forward, but that I just needed to leave it and and move and move on. And um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Beautiful. So again, you're listening to Musicians and Beyond with Lawhorn and Sarabian, and we are having a wonderful chat with Jennifer Alvarado, and she's telling us about some of the songs she's written, how good they've done, future projects, and everything she's involved with. And, uh, you know, we're having a, a great time in studio with her, Mark. Absolutely. You know, and uh, coming up from uh, through the airwaves from North Carolina, Vail, North Carolina, where they have... Uh, a lot of fencing, a lot of grass, and a lot of cows. <laughs> it's a lot different than we yeah. have up here. <laughs> yes, um, I'm sure it is. <laughs> so being down there, uh, do, you, do you get down to South Carolina? Is there any uh, spot that you like to play in South Carolina or in the neighboring state? And uh, where would those yeah. places be? Yeah, um, so I'm actually playing What Ails You in Greenville. Um, okay. Greenville's only like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes from me. Big music so spot, right? Yes, yeah. and I'm actually part of um, NSAI, Nashville Songwriters Association, their Greenville chapter. Nice. That's my chapter that I'm part of. So, okay. yeah, I, I like Greenville a lot. Um, my family's in Columbia in that area, so I always like going down there. But, yeah, definitely what LSU, I think, is that I think I'm playing that in maybe April? No, March, in the March. And um, so that's that's a really fun little place to play. Um, I'm also I also have been playing Virginia, um, that area, and there's a couple really really cool places up there. Roanoke, well not Roanoke, 
um, Richmond area. Mm -hmm. We have family up there. And so I go up there and stay with them and play around there. Fun. So, um, yeah. Fun. And when you, when you're out and about, are you out by yourself or do you have a band with you? Both. I've done both. Um, I am starting to do more full band shows. I'm putting that band together. Um, we actually played the Cobra a couple weeks ago in Nashville. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to like fit that group together because you know, this is not the easiest of, of, I guess, things to do in life. Like people have families, people have jobs. And so you have to really find those right people that are able to make those sacrifices for their schedule. Um, you know, luckily my husband's a counselor. And so, you know, he's just like, just go do it. But, you know, he's just happy that I'm finally doing it. Um, we all so are. He's been we very, are. We're, we're all that happy. Thanks. But yeah, my husband is very supportive. And so he's like, yeah, just go, just go do what you need to do. Um, but, you know, to be married to a musician, it's, it's a very weird thing. And if you don't have like your spouse's support or your significant other support, like it's, it's hard sometimes. Um, and luckily I don't, I don't have to deal with that, but I know a lot of musicians do. Um, so yeah. What's up next for you? What do you have coming up for any shows in the, in the near future? Where are you traveling to? And uh, tell us where uh, people can get out and see you live. Yeah. So for most of January, I'm kind of in this area. Um, I'm playing a show Thursday night, um, about an hour from here. Um, and then the rest of them are about an hour, hour and a half from here. I go to Nashville at the end of the month um, to play a few shows up in the Hendersonville, Ashland City, mm -hmm. and Opry Mills, um, those places. And uh, yeah, so just kind of going back and forth still, <laughs> but not as much, like not as much for the next couple months. Okay. Well, hopefully, um, Mark, next time we're down there, we can look on the uh, we have to plan on the right. website and, and see if we yeah. can catch her. Definitely. It would, it would be fun. Yeah, well, we got to get on a plan to get back down there. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. If you get okay. There. Okay. Should well, I like to people watch. It gives me inspiration. So well, Get over there, get a mimosa, sit at the bar, and you steer out and you watch. There's a lot of fun things to see out there. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Is there anything else that you want to touch on with us? Just be watching for part two. I'm hoping that it'll be out by March. Um, again, working on it. Holidays kind of threw a cramp in that one, but... um. We'll, we'll get it out soon. That would awesome. be awesome. Thank so, you so much. So, again, I want our listeners to um, check out Jennifer Alvarado and follow her on her social media pages and go to all streaming platforms and check out some of her incredible music. Yeah, and you can find out more if you don't find them. Uh, if you're searching for her and you don't find her, go to www.musiciansandbeyond. You'll find her there. Excellent. So, Jennifer, we want to thank you for coming on to our show and sharing your uh, inspirational stories. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. Thank you, Jennifer. We look forward to seeing more from you in the future, and we'll be having you back on when Songbird 2 comes out. Awesome. Thank and you. Thank you for being our friend.